0: All right. Welcome to another episode of Leafs Fans in Hostile Lands, the podcast about three Leafs fans surrounded by a bunch of insufferable Sens fans. They win a couple games and all of a sudden they think they're God's gift to the NHL. So I'm Craig Shaw along with Dr. Sexy Kyle Nurse and Don't Call Me Danny Daniel Britton. It's sticking. We're gonna start this it's week- sticking. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to start off uh, this week with Kyle doing our recap. We're going to recap the four games played against Calgary and Edmonton. Kyle, whenever you're ready, you can uh, take it away.
1: All right, boys. We did it again. We did it again. Only one loss this week. Really exciting. Very, very good. Uh, an OT win in there, which is great. Still gives up a point to another team. Uh, we're going to recap it a little differently and focus on the injuries a little bit, and how we played based on those injuries. So we'll start off with Game 1, almost a week ago against Calgary. Uh, This game shocked us of how many players were out, and we didn't see some of them coming. So Freddie Anderson out, Jake Muzzin out with a broken face, Hyman out with just being shot in the foot too many times, and Thornton out for being old. Uh, And it really affected the... Game overall because the Leafs didn't score. Not great. Not great for us. Uh Calgary decided to throw out uh, David riddick and Markstrom was injured, and uh Dave Riddick decided to big save Dave all over the Leafs. And we were unable to score <laughs> any goals. So I don't even want to talk about that game anymore. Moving on to game two. Uh, we did get Zach Hyman back, and we've said it many times. He gets this team going. Like any line he's on, he's bringing out uh, the best in that line. 2-1 overtime win over Calgary thanks to William Nylander. We are back with William Nylander scoring both goals in this game on Dave Ridditch. Really, really cool to see him back in action. And... uh It was a really, really even game overall. Found it to be quite defensive. Uh, Power play, unable to get anything going. They're kind of stacking it, and it didn't look so great. Um, But uh, Nylander pulling things through. Done with Calgary, and let's move on from them. We're into Game 3. This is against Edmonton. This is the Saturday game, Hockey Night in Canada. Uh, Muzzin, Campbell, and Thornton are back. So we've got one of our top defensemen, our backup goalie finally he's been gone i think for 14 games or something and the most positive guy on the team super excited to have him back he's in net and joe thornton back from being old uh (laughs) big change here though freaking austin matthews is out he went into the boards hard on his wrist in the Calgary game. Supposedly, he's been dealing with that for a while. Matthews not playing in this game against Edmonton, so we don't get to see the Matthews versus McDavid matchup. However, McDavid was a non-issue in this game, and Leafs shutting out the Edmonton Oilers for nothing. So good. Willie gets the first goal, so that's three goals for Willie in two games. Uh marner energizing players the third line looking good we're gonna get into that third line uh a little bit later and yeah we get to blank blank the edmonton oilers super exciting spezza i think had that massive goal against uh mike smith in that one let's move on to game four injuries they're they're coming back for us matthew's still out wow Let's let's see what this team can do. And then Campbell seemed to retweak his injury in uh, Game 3 against Edmonton. He's back out. Hutchinson back in net, which always gives the Leafs confidence. Oh, God, what a terrifying prospect that sometimes is. However, Hutchinson shuts the door, too. We got another shutout. Back-to-back shutouts from different goalies on the Leafs, winning 3 Nothing against Edmonton, shutting down the huge tandem of McDavid and Dreisaitl. Bunch of Leafs scored the goals, and we did all right this week, guys. Seven goals against Edmonton, only two goals against Calgary. Craig gets to take the bet this week because Dan and I thought that Calgary was actually bad, and Craig thought that Edmonton <laughs> was bad. And I don't know
0: what happened, but... Injuries. I was using my ESPN, remember?
2: <laughs> yes, your ESPN. I thought it was going a completely different way with Calgary. That shocked me. Absolutely, was, absolutely. Uh, yeah. um, it's
0: amazing because Toronto actually looked equally as good against Calgary in those two games, I'd say. Um, and just that first game, or both games, Big Save Dave was just living up to his name.
1: Yeah, he really pulled out the stops for this one. Uh, so, recap done. Let's take a look at these injuries and how it affected our team um if Matthews wasn't injured how do you think some of these games would have gone against Edmonton Craig what do you think
0: well I think uh with Matthews being injured was one of the best things for John Tavares right now because with him being able to move up to that so-called first line with uh um, Jumbo Joe and Marner it seemed to really spark some extra you know vigor into him. He was looking great. He was on the puck. He was all over guys for both games against Edmonton. Um, I think that's just what he, what Tavares needed right now was just that kind of shot in the arm. You no, know, he would like another shot in the arm, but we're not quite getting those quite yet. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I think that was the biggest thing. That new top line, um, bringing Kerfoot foot up on the second line with Nylander and Barabanov I believe was getting some time on the top line and he looked great as well it's kind of nice just uh you know with a couple guys being injured police can really get into that taxi squad play around with some different combinations and yeah I think the biggest uh um well between Nylander scoring what four goals in the last this week and Tavares getting up and uh, you know just getting a little bit of time on that top line I think it was great for both of them
2: yeah, I was I was going to say is a big part of the the Matthews missing that I think um, kind of he stepped up. It's almost like he heard our podcast last week and mm-hmm. he was saying, oh, man, they think, uh, you know, I just haven't been playing my heart out. And so he just kind of buckled down and, and uh, got to it. But I, I would say he's my first star of the week. Like, that was impressive effort by him in almost every game. I mean, the Calgary game, they couldn't get anything going to save their life. They had seven power plays and they couldn't make anything happen. But... Um, yeah, he's for me the top players for Matthews being out really well done for him. Um,
1: let's let's talk about the Calgary games a little bit. And I want to focus on what Sheldon Keefe did, I believe in the first game and he rectified it in the second game. He loaded up the top line. He went with um uh, Matthews, Tavares, and Marner in that first game against Calgary, and it didn't seem to work out. And he also loaded up the power play, Riley. Uh Matthews, Marner, Nylander, and uh, I, I can't remember who the last person was, but either way, loaded up instead of spreading it out like we have, and it didn't work out. Why do you guys think that is not working out for uh, for this team, loading up all your stars
2: on one line? Maybe the other lines weren't clicking with the lack of Hyman. Um, he seems to be a little bit of glue holding together whatever line he's on that week. I mean, I think he's on third line right now, but... Um, you know, uh, he's kind of, uh, been a, an all around player for them. And with having Thornton out and Hyman out, I think Keith just kind of like thought, okay, let's throw everything we can at him. Um, but when you're, when you're lacking the depth in the lower lines, it just didn't work out for
0: them. Part of the problem with that game with loading up on your top line is it's really taking away one of the greatest strengths the Leafs have with, uh, Matthews and, uh, Tavares being on the two different lines. Sure, Tavares and Nylander haven't been on the top of their game. You know, they haven't been the offensive threat that they've been in the past. But teams need to plan for them. Um and by having those two out, it gives Matthews and Marner a little bit extra time to uh, you know, they're not playing against the biggest pairings, the, you know, the toughest matchups. Um, but if you put everybody on one line, you only need to throw out your top guys against that one line. You don't really need to worry with the other ones. They obviously haven't been well weren't at that point clicking in the same way that they you know, they are now at least the last couple of games. But I think that's the biggest thing is that, uh, you know, the Leafs with that one 2 punch uh, in the top two lines um, just get, it puts the other teams on their toes and they get, uh, you know, the other line t- tends to get a little bit more of the favorable matchups against, you know, some tough, some less tough defensemen.
1: I think for the power play. That one being loaded up, and it's been loaded up in years past and has been completely lethal, but I think this year, spreading them out, and that's kind of a Manny Malhotra thing, or one of our new assistant coaches, uh, spreading them out has really, really helped. I think loading up that top power play, it's got too many cooks in the kitchen, if I can use that expression. Everyone's trying to do way too much. They're trying to, to carry... Many different roles, but when they spread them out, everyone kind of sits into their own role, a little bit more relaxed, and the depth players that they get to bring up, we've had Travis Boyd on the top line there, Zach Hyman, mm-hmm. always a fun one to have there, Curved Foot sometimes up on the top one. They're more, you know, facilitating what some of these top guys can do, whereas when you throw them all, like every top guy up there, they're, they're almost contradicting each other a little bit, so... I'm glad we got away from that a little bit. Uh, sometimes when we're in a bind, they throw out the big guys. And, and I've noticed it hasn't uh, materialized to too much. So it's interesting how that's been working out with, with this team. Um, sticking with this, depth having been tested during this uh, four game run with a lot of injuries happening. Uh, let's start with the third line, and then maybe we'll get into the goaltenders a little bit later. Have we finally found. Our good third line. We've talked about it several times on the podcast. Our third line in the past couple games has been Engvall in the middle, Hyman, and uh, Mikheyev on his wings. What do you guys think about this third line? What are you seeing about it that is awesome? Or do you think, you know what, it might be a one-hit wonder? What do you think, Craig?
0: Meh. (laughs) <laughs> I think it's the perfect name for the line, M-E-H, meh. <laughs> but I think they've been, uh, they've been fantastic. Um, I think they have, last two games at least, they've had a jump to their step. Uh, Mikheyev has been looking fantastic. Um, Engvall, he's, you know, he's found his feet, he's making some plays. Sure, he's not going to, you know, score uh, 20 goals this season, but I think he, you know, is putting some extra energy into that line. Um, sorry. Can I pause you there on Engvall? Yes. I'm not sure.
1: And I'm, I never played hockey and I'm, I'm, I just watch, I just watch and I'm not seeing what everyone else might be seeing with Engvall. Like I, I definitely see that the third line is energized right now and they are, they're contributing, maybe not on the score sheet, but I don't see Engvall as the one that's that's doing all the work. I see Hyman, I see McKay, and Engvall is just kind of there. Like prove me wrong, Craig. I'm not sure what's going on with Engvall.
0: See, I, one thing Engvall does well, um, is that he doesn't give up the puck too often. If he doesn't see something, you know, a favorable scenario going into the offensive zone, he's always the first guy. He'll turn it back. He'll throw back the defenseman, you know, he'll wait for some extra time. And then he'll get up there when, you know, he's got a favorable, uh, you know, so that there isn't three guys standing up at the line. The other thing he does well, he gets the puck out. There's a little transition that the centerman does uh, when the defenseman's in their defensive corner. They'll pop that uh, puck out to the centerman who does the little hook and then takes the uh, the puck out of the zone. He does that quite well. I know that's something that Nylander never really did very well when he was, uh, you know, got these few opportunities on center. But, you know, Engvall's doing that well. Um, and I think he just also complements the other two really well. Um, I don't think Angvall is quite as good as, as a winger. They tried him there beside Kerfoot. Um, and I think Angval just placed that, you know, that center role as a, as a checking center better than Kerfoot did in that, in that, uh, in that role.
1: Awesome. I'm convinced. Daniel, what do you think about that third line? Do you think maybe <laughs>
2: Kerfoot needs to
1: come into that third line or, or stick with what we got?
2: You know, I'm having a lot of fun watching it right now. Um, I I like the as I mentioned uh, how Hyman kind of energizes the team. He's also the one on the line scoring um, and getting some nice, really good like scoring chances, and he's setting himself up well for that. So to have that on your third line is really great. And then you know, I'm kind of I don't know how I feel about Engvall. I'm a little bit kind of lukewarm, as Craig said. He's a good player. He's not giving the puck up a lot, and he's more just you know if you don't hear his name it's almost like defense right if you don't hear about him it's just working out things are going well mm-hmm. um and and i kind of feel like he's just doing his thing there but then you got mkhalev who i just want him to do better i like he just needs he's to got, score he's getting he's doing fine he just needs <laughs> to score more he, well he is he's doing a great job i mean he's like on the power play he's a fur, or penalty kill rather He's the first one to waste time in their zone, right? Like, he's going to skate around there net with the puck. He's going to dance around. It's fun to watch him, and he's fast. Um, but he also takes a lot of shots. And so with him and Hyman kind of, like, shooting from either side, if they can get set up in the zone, I like, something's going to go in when you have that kind of combination shooting. I think uh, I'd like to see this line keep playing for a while and see if they can kind of get a really good swing to it. I think we saw that in the Edmonton games. They were coming together. I also, there was a bit of a weird line change where Marner and Hyman were playing together for a little bit, and I that was fun to watch too. I don't know if you guys remember that last night. It was late, but they were quick and they were just like tape-to-tape tape passing. And actually, I think um, the passing of the Leafs is is spot-on right now. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's uh, in kind of the grand thesis of what's helping them this year is they're passing and they're not giving up the puck, as Craig said. So... Um I think the line has potential. I think it's it's just getting going.
1: I found in the Calgary games that uh didn't go so well was their passing was way off in those two games whereas the Edmonton ones mm-hmm. they were tape to tape no problem no problem. Greg
0: Well, in the Edmonton games compared to the Calgary games, when they did give up the puck, they got it back. Yeah. They looked at Edmonton and said, "No, that's our puck. We <laughs> want that puck." This is mine. Um degree. in other games, you know, I I think I was saying in our group chat That when they lost the puck, and especially it was along the boards, they'd sit there and watch Calgary and wait for them to do something. And that was the big, that was the worst thing in that, in both those games, like they didn't score until the last, what, three minutes of the second game against Calgary. Um, But that's what I kept seeing was that they just, they wanted to watch the play. They were kind of counting on their, you know, their rushes and their speed to get up the ice and do something. But once Calgary got the puck, they didn't seem to want it back. Um, that's one thing that they did really well in that, in those Edmonton games, every time they lost the puck against Edmonton, they had their, you know, their, their feet going. They were, um, they were hard on the puck. They were hard on the guys. They were playing the body. I can't count how many guys on the Leafs team actually threw some hits against Edmonton. And if they can play every, you know, the other five teams in this division, as hard as they played Edmonton, they shouldn't lose another game this season.
1: I'm okay Mm. with that. Bold, bold comment.
0: (laughs) I would love that. Um, well, as long as their goaltending can stand up, like it has over the last, you know, even they only let in f- what four four goals in the last four games, yeah. And that isn't yeah. even their starter goalies. As the if these guys can show that they can keep up what they're doing when they need to be in the net, um, there's no reason why the Leafs, you know, at least can't stay in every single game, except for maybe against Ottawa because they're red hot right now. <laughs> Oof, look out for just to look prove out for you. them. <laughs> <laughs>
2: To prove your theory, Craig, on the hits, uh, Edmonton games had double the hits of the Calgary games. Um, They just couldn't get anything against Calgary going. Oh, broke my heart. Yeah. Uh, Last thing about the third line. Uh,
1: Matthews comes back. That pushes Tavares down to second line center or, you know, 1A center or whatever you want to call it. Um, Kerfoot. Does Kerfoot go back to the third line center role? Does he... Stay on the wing in line one or two, or does he go on the wing, maybe in line three? Let's call this a quick question. Uh, Craig, what do you think? What do we do with Kerfoot?
0: I like him better on the wing. Um, every time he's moved yeah. up to yeah. the wing, he's looked better. Um, he's not a you know the worst centerman. He's obviously naturally a centerman, but he just seems uh, he doesn't seem to have the same defensive responsibility to be able to play center that, uh, you know, you don't have to do necessarily when you're on the wing. Um, I think he just looks better. He's got a more of a jump in step when he, you know, doesn't have to think quite as hard. Kind of leaves all most of that work to Tavares. I like him on that uh, uh, the Tavares and Nylander line. Um, I think it's going to be interesting when Marner or Marner when Matthews does come back. Um, what do you do with you move Kerfoot back down? Because I what I would like to see, uh, especially since Tavares has been working so well with Marner, and we know Matthews can work well with Nylander. Is he? Uh, um, Jumbo Joe, Tavares, and Marner, because they looked so great last night. Um, Kerfoot, Matthews, and uh, Nylander. See if he can get those two really going. And then that third meh line. And then that fourth line would be... Shit, who's even on the fourth line these days? Um, Spezza,
1: Boyd, and uh, Boyd, Barabana Patan. for Patan.
0: Yeah, any combination of... Vesey. You know, v- Vesey, who looks fine. is <laughs> a guy. But yeah, if we're only at the worry about the fourth line and Simmons still needs to come back, mm-hmm. where are you going to put Simmons? Like, oh, this is yeah. a good problem to have. If he's a fourth line guy or, you know, I think that the, the third put line is playing defense. too well to move that around. Yeah. Put a, yeah <laughs> we, can, uh, we can give well, uh, Bogosian some time off, right?
2: Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> what do you think about bumping Kerfoot down and replacing uh, Engvall?
0: See, I think just uh, Engvall has looked better with those other two. Now it might just be yeah, because given Hy- Simmons
2: coming back for sure. Like, oh this yeah, is including the Simmons coming back.
0: And I think having Hyman on the third line is a fantastic. Problem to have because um, yeah. he yeah, really gets fair. that line moving, and you know that uh, you know the all the other guys in the top six don't seem to have a motivation problem. And when they do, that's when you move Hyman up, get them going. Um, if there's ever any tough competition, you know, you need that guy in the corners a little bit more, but there's so much speed in that top six, especially with Kerfoot on the wing that I, it's, it's just a good problem to have.
1: Let's stick with Hyman, uh, for a second. Uh, we've again, talked praises about Hyman. We love him. He energizes any line he's on currently on the third line, usually in one of the top two. And he's making that, uh, third line look great. I'm an, unfortunately, an unrestricted free agent next year. So this is his last year. Let me give you guys some context um, about his current contract. He is 28 years old, commonly plays the wing, and he's currently making $2.25 million per year. (laughs) What kind of contract extension does he deserve? What kind of money value do you think? What kind of years? Uh... Or is he playing so well that he might become too expensive to keep on the Leafs next year? What do you guys think? Throw out a couple ideas. Uh, you know, let's let's get down to some numbers here for fun.
0: Now, is it what he deserves or what he's going to get? Because what uh, he deserves is eleven million for eight years. <laughs> 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 what do I think he's going to get? I think he's going to. I I would like to think that he's going to take a what the. Really, it depends on what the Leafs do this year. Mm-hmm. If the Leafs win the Cup, he's going to walk. Yeah. If the Leafs get, you know, through the Canadian division, get into that final four. And God forbid something goes wrong. I think he'll take a short term, you know, um, team friendly deal. Maybe one year, three million dollars, three and a half. We can make another million dollars, whatever it is.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. To, to come and play with these guys because he knows that. Now this is one of the best top sixes in the league. Where else are you gonna go? And he's a Toronto guy. He wants to play for this team. Um, I think he bleeds blue. I think he if he retires as a leaf, I think he'd be happy. Um, no, you know, not personally knowing the guy. But uh <laughs> I I think he'll take something like a like three and a half million dollars, maybe over a short term. Um it's hard to say. I don't see him as a greedy guy. I see him as a guy who, you know, came to Toronto in a trade. Um, the team Dubas and Keith have, you know, loved him since the time he came over. Um, him and Hall were two guys that, you know, those two just love. Uh, I think he'll stay with the team um, and he'll take some sort of you know, discounted contract to stay.
1: Dan?
2: Well, well, Craig, you took my number. I was going to say he was going to do a three and a half uh, a year over three or four years. But I think you, you may have hit on it in our last little uh, segment where we were talking about how he may be a good problem to have. And if he does get too expensive and he has a really good year, I mean, looking at his stats right now, he's having a decent year. He's got six goals, seven assists for 13 points plus minus a 12 now that could just be that the Leafs are crushing it but um you know he's uh having a good year if they win the cup um he could be uh something that we trade to get something else i mean we i'd love to see um a little bit more kind of defense uh they might be able to bring up some uh veteran d which would be nice i'd like to see that but uh yeah i i if he doesn't stick around um he's going to go for a lot of money <laughs>
1: Oh, Craig, I'm I've, I'm wondering why you say Zach Hyman would walk if we do win the cup.
0: I think if we won the cup, he would have uh, you know been such an integral part of that that he's going to deserve too much. Someone's going to offer offer a guy like him a lot of money. Um, I think if he still has something to prove with the team, then he'll you know take a good contract and yeah, come back. Absolutely. Um,
1: um I'm gonna say three million. Over two years, short-term contract. See how he does before he gets to thirty. If there is a cup in there, you know what? I think he convinced me. I think I think you're right. If we win this year, I think he resigns. But if they win again, that's when he pulls a Chris Kunitz and kind of finds somewhere else to go and win another cup, sort of thing. Interesting. Interesting stuff. For a lot stuff. more money. <laughs> Interesting stuff. All right. Very quickly, a couple other players we noticed that were super hot this week. Jason Spezza turning back time with a couple awesome goals. Um, I saw on the broadcast last night after he had an amazing goal on Saturday, uh, that he's that's like vintage Jason Spezza where he's going to take the slap shot and then he fakes it and goes around and the goalie has yeah. no chance whatsoever. Really so cool to have a player like Jason Spezza on our team at his age contributing. Really great stuff. Dan, anything add about Jason Spezza quickly?
2: Uh you know, I don't have too much to add other than the goal was gorgeous. It was as like classic goal, the beautiful fake right before Froze the goalie, and uh, you know it was fun to watch him. So I'm, cool. I'm, I'm sorry, Ottawa. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and uh, our other buddy, Justin Hall. Craig just mentioned him. Dubas and yep. Keefe love him. Uh, they've really developed him over time. He is twenty nine years old, and I feel like he's coming into his prime right now. He's got another two years. After this year with Toronto at two million dollars, which when he signed the contract, I was like, Are you sure about this, Dubis? Two million? I feel <laughs> like you could just maybe give him one or something, but he's showing his worth this year. and he's got the flow. Got the flow going on. Uh oh, yeah. Craig, you got some hearts. Hearts for Justin Hall. You think he's he's being more aggressive and contributing? How is Justin Hall contributing to this team like he hasn't before?
0: Well, I was mostly just want to talk about him standing up for uh, for Soupy on that one play with Tyler Ennis. Yeah. You know, it oh, was a sure. I'm, I'm glad to hear that that wasn't the injury that kept uh, Campbell out last game, because, mm-hmm. um, you know, those neck injuries, we a couple years with Reimer there. He seemed to, be, you know, after that first one with what I believe was Gianta that hit him. It just never he was never quite the same for his tenure in Toronto. Um, but I love seeing Hall stand up for him. As soon as he you know, and as he was a teammate last year. Um, as soon as he went through the goalie, first thing he did was start throwing punches. Cause I'm hoping to we'll see the same thing once uh once Freddie comes back, because too many times this season teams have gone after the Leafs goalie, no matter who it is, and they seem to get away with it and no one does anything. Um, you know, with Simmons out, he'd be usually the guy that would do that. But I love seeing Hall stepping up for his teammate and uh Really, you know, making sure everyone knows don't touch your goalie and just on top of it, like he looks great with Muzzin. The two of them together cannot be fun yeah, to play against. I agree. They, uh, you know, they're two big guys. He is a, I, I don't, I didn't think I realized how big he was until recently. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, two big guys on that uh, second pairing and they're, they're a dangerous shutdown line. And I think any of those other teams in the division must just hate playing against them.
2: It's also the two big guys on the team that are throwing the most hits in the game. Like they're putting together between the two of them about seventy-five percent of the hits in the last four games. So, like, you know, that's great. We need to see hits from other people. But when you've got a first line that's doing that, like no one's getting by. Bash Brothers. (laughs) And last guy I wanna And actually they're not even the first line, sorry.
0: I don't know. Yeah.
1: I, I, that's tough, like, uh, labeling them as first or second, because they, yeah, they bring yeah. such different things. Like, like Riley and Brody, like, they definitely bring offense for sure, and, like, Riley stepping up in the play all the time. And then Muzzin-Hall, they're kind of the shutdown pair. And I wouldn't say one is better than the other or more needed than another. Maybe on the Leafs is more needed than another, but, uh, you know, I wouldn't give them the one or the two uh, quite as much. Speaking of the one or the two, let's go on to the... The de facto third line. This guy doesn't get as much love as I think he should. Bogosian, like at the beginning of the season, he was he was seen as maybe the next Cody Cc or the next uh, Hmm. Zaitsev. Like everyone's gonna hate him. He didn't do much in Buffalo. He got waived, and then he got picked up by Tampa and won a cup. So people kind of underestimating him or overestimating him earlier in his career. And I think Bogosian's just a really smart player. He's he hasn't put up the points, which is fine. You don't have to do that as a defenseman, but <laughs> that's not his job. Yeah, third pair defenseman too, especially <laughs> yeah. And anytime I see the puck come near him, I feel like he always makes the right decision. Whereas some of our other defensemen, they maybe get a little bit too aggressive and they're like, okay, I'm going to make this happen and keep the play going. Bogosian, Riley, like, he, yeah, Riley. Uh, uh Bogosian <laughs> knows what he's doing. He's like, oh no, like. I know myself as a player, I'm not going to be able to steal the puck from this guy coming at me. I'm going backwards to set up the D. I'm and he, and he takes these wild shots sometimes, but they they really work out, and they look like they got a lot of heat on them, that they get the rebound, and they get it to the right player, or it misses the net on purpose, and it gets to the right player, or he's, he shoots it around, and it gets to the right player. Or when they're changing lines quickly, like Brody and Riley have been out there for too long. And Bogosian comes flying out of nowhere and just has the puck on his stick. And now he's like, okay, I'm going to give it to the next awesome dude. Like, he's making all these smart plays. And I kind of thought about that after Craig said, Justin Hall sticking up for the goalie. Bogosian did that last night as well near the end of the game. And he was kind of hugging on to, uh, I can't remember who it was, but he like, he dropped the gloves. Nurse. Yeah. Dropped the gloves and was ready to go. Nothing really came of it. And then Dermott kind of got that energy as well. Um... After Archibald, I expect they might go toe to toe on Wednesday or something. But Bogosian just wanted to give him a shout out for being a really smart player. Glad we got him uh, on the cheap as well. He's uh, just a million dollars and looking to do the the Pat Maroon and get back to back cups but with two different teams.
0: <laughs> and I just want to say about Bogosian, because I'm glad you're mentioning him. He is a he just looks like a very patient player out there. Yeah, he doesn't rush, you know, throwing the puck out of the zone. He's confident even with guys, you know, bearing down on him. He's confident in his ability to, you know, hold the puck um, or get it off, you know, to his partner. And I think having a, a partner that he's comfortable with is, uh, you know, really helps in that. I love the pair of him and, um, and Dermott yeah. um, knowing that, you know, Dermot's the, the zone exit guy. He's got good numbers to be able to get the puck out of his own zone. Um, you know, to get into the rush, be able to be, a, you know, a little bit more of an offensive uh, minded defenseman. But once Goshen gets the puck, he, you know, takes a second, looks around and doesn't just fire it up the ice into the neutral zone and throw it away. Like, mm-hmm. you know, certain other third pair defensemen that we've had in the past and that right side. <laughs> um, yeah, he just looks like a very, you know, a, a veteran player on that pair and let the let his partner do what they need to do.
1: Yeah. Nice. Okay, let's get to one of our fun segments that we like to do that we never actually follow because 45 seconds to a minute is totally relative, (laughs) depending on how you count in the world. Uh, Let's get to our quick shifts. Craig's going to lead us through this one with some of these questions we've got this week, and Dan and I are going to make some quick responses as best we can, or in our terms of time relativity. Craig, take it away with our quick shifts.
0: All right, so first of all, I want to say happy birthday to Michael Hutchinson. His oh, birthday nice. was technically when he won the ga- the day, you know, won the game in the Eastern Time Zone at least. Um <laughs> now he's looked great in the three games that he played. Like yeah, he allowed, allowed 3 goals in that first game, but he only allowed 1 in the next two. Um is it Hutchinson in the way that he's been playing or has the team just been better defensively in front of him and allowing him to to succeed?
1: My initial response was, it was the defense. But after last night's game, I saw he was much, much calmer. So I think Hutchinson feels more confident in net. I think the team feels more confident with him in net. I think it actually is Hutchinson making this happen.
2: I'm going to go kind of right down the middle. I'm going to say it was kind of both. I mean, the defense is playing better. Obviously, against Calgary, even in the first game, the defense played Fairly well, even though they let in three goals. But, um, you know, Hutchinson, as Kyle said, is looking calm. He's looking like he's anticipating the play. He's not rushing. He's matching the player, uh, the skater coming in. And, uh, you know, he looked really good last night, obviously, given a shutout. But I think it's a, a combination of the two, both defense and Hutchinson feeling good.
0: Now, he's looked great. Campbell's looked great in that one game he came back. Um, is it time to give um, Joseph Wall a shot in net? You know, the Leafs are coming up and playing uh, the Senators not too far from now. Actually, they've got a back-to-back with uh, Vancouver this week, actually. Mm-hmm. Is that a good time to get Wall in, or do they uh, stick with Hutchison and play him back-to-back?
1: I just want to say his last name is Wall, and that's the best last name for a goalie ever. I know it's spelt like Wall, <laughs> but... Whether it's pronounced wall or wall, I'm saying wall forever. should we get
0: him into a game so we know how to pronounce his name.
1: <laughs> yeah, that too, that too yeah really. Uh, I'm gonna say yes, get him into a game. what? like why not? Because we've got a heck of a record let's let's see if if wall can be a wall. and it gives Hutchison a little bit of rest. we've ha- kind of had to lean on him a little bit. Uh, if Campbell does come back and we play a Hutchison Campbell uh, tandem, I'm okay with that and uh, maybe Wall doesn't get in, but this back-to-back, I would like to see Wall against the Canucks.
2: I would like to see Anderson come back. I think uh, Keefe said today that Anderson had a good day. Um, he's going to see tomorrow how he's doing. Campbell's not available for the next couple games, so um, assuming Anderson uh, is feeling better, I would like him to come back for sure because I like he's still our starting goalie, and if he, if we don't give him the confidence of putting him back in net when he's ready, I think that uh you know that would shake him. um assuming he doesn't come back, yeah, I'd love to see wall play a game, of course. um but I think uh you know don't don't break or don't fix what isn't broken. um Now, a lot of our net miners are broken, but you know, let's see what happens.
0: All right, thanks, Dan for cheating in the game. Uh, <laughs> speaking of players coming back. When Matthews comes back, where does he fit in? The team's played so great in these last two games without him. Does that mean that he is expendable in a trade? I think a healthy scratch. Perfect. Don't <laughs> no, really show him that he needs to work. You know. Yeah. Don't get injured. What in the th- world are you guys talking about? I was gonna say, is that indignant sil- silence from Kyle?
1: That's just if if somebody said Well, we should trade him for David Ayers. I'd be fine with that. That's fine. But (laughs) expendable in a trade? Where are we? Are we in a different dimension? This guy is going to provide so much for this team. If we can shut out the Edmonton Oilers two games in a row without him, imagine what we can do with him. Ridiculous. Don't put too many cooks in the kitchen, like I said before. He fits back in on the first line with uh, Marner and Thornton. Or I liked Craig's idea as well going with kerfoot and nailander let's mix it up let's see what happens he fits do not trade that guy unless it's for mcdavid
0: i was, about to, I was just about to say uh if it was for mcdavid would you trade him if the salaries just uh, were retained in the same yes okay
1: <laughs> and end and end and sentence <laughs>
2: yeah that's that's a pretty easy trade all right last question but not least
0: do you think Montreal is going to take that fourth spot or are they going to lose it? And is Calgary going to be uh, in the playoffs and it's going to be um, Edmonton, Winnipeg, Calgary, and Toronto?
1: <sighs> okay, I'm looking at the stats. Montreal is up by one point, but Calgary's played more games. Montreal's got a better points percentage. Yes, I think Montreal stays in the playoffs and Calgary sells a little bit and i think they start the rebuild around uh markstrom and company markstrom and kachuk
2: i think it has all to do with the next five games i think if montreal can't pull themselves out of the tailspin that they're in right now having the start that they did and where they are now uh that's going to continue and i think calgary is uh, seeing a little bit of breath of life and if they can hold on to that um you know they can probably surpass. Uh, they have played more games, but uh, yeah, Montreal needs to do something quickly, or they're going to be uh, out of the playoffs.
0: Interesting fact: as of right this moment, Ottawa is only six points behind Montreal for fourth spot, and they've been mm-hmm. looking. They've been looking really good. I would love to see them make the playoffs and push Montreal out. That, that would, would be just, the best. <laughs> oh, that would be the only way I want to see Ottawa make the playoffs. All right. Speaking of Ottawa, we're going to go into our capital corner. Dan, do you want to tell us about the uh, what's been going on with the Ottawa Senators?
2: I will. Absolutely. The Senators are on fire. No, but actually they're playing right now and it's 0-0. They're playing Montreal end of the first. So, But no, the Sens are having a good couple of games. I mean, uh, the last four or five games that they've played, they've won four out of five. Uh, against some tough teams. They played Calgary, and they beat Calgary, and then they won one against Toronto, and then uh, some against Montreal. So, you know, they're having a good time. I don't know, uh, you know, there's a, in the stock world, there's a term called dead cat bounce, and that's the idea that even a dead cat can bounce once. And, you know, is that what Ottawa's doing right now? Are they just kind of, is this the last bounce before they kind of fade out into the season? um into the end of the season we'll see but uh right now they're looking great they've got uh batherson who's red hot he is uh well i'm looking at the scores no one's scored in the second period yet right now but if he does score tonight then he is going to break the franchise record for um consecutive goals in a game so right now they're franchise records at six and actually uh games Sorry? Yes, consecutive games in a row where he scored scored a goal, sorry. Um and right now uh Spezza's on that list actually also. But uh, if he if Batherson can score tonight, he'll break that. And then you've also got Stutzla, who's a rookie of the month for February, so he's and and the two of them are um just fun to watch. Like they're they're flying around the ice and uh they're red hot right now, so Ottawa's having a good time. Um Derek Stephan's out for the season. Is that true? I didn't see it's this. true, yeah.
1: He had an injury. When and, did that happen? Uh, yesterday, or
2: today, actually. Oh, well, Ottawa, you had a nice run. I mean, it was <laughs> a good time. I'm sorry you got four and five games, but, uh, you know, there's always next year. You know, we were just talking about the standings. It's a bit of a long shot for Ottawa to make the jump where they need to go. Uh, they certainly would need to work on their goal differential if they're going to get up there um but guys what do you think how do you feel about ottawa right now are they uh scaring you is it fun to watch them or is it uh you know play again next year oh i think they're gonna lose but it, they definitely <laughs> scare me when we play them for
1: obvious reasons like that we've played them what three times and we've only won once like yeah, yeah i don't want to play the ottawa senators which should be no problem but they're they're playing and they're playing for something. Like obviously Toronto's playing for a cup, but Ottawa's playing to not be the worst, which I feel like is equally as uh as much of a drive as as playing for a cup. Now, I guess you want to be a little bit of the worst, says Mike Babcock, when you have Austin Matthews. <laughs> but uh you know, I don't think this team is is playing for the basement. I think they're playing to see what they are and I, I know, I don't like playing against Ottawa. I don't think they're gonna you know, do very well this year, but I don't want to play against them. And that's, that's a well, and they're almost.
2: Yeah. And it's almost like where the Leafs were a few years ago, you know, a lot of young players, not a whole lot of veterans anymore. And they're just kind of seeing their foot in Craig, any thoughts? Well, I think if they can uh, beat Montreal today, they're only
3: four points behind them, but uh, that's a good point. <laughs> uh, they're They're definitely going to make this division interesting. Yeah, I might have lost my recording. How long ago? I think it just stopped. It oh, might okay. be frozen.
1: All right, Capital Corner, another one finished there. We had a few technical difficulties, so Craig may sound a little bit different at the end of this podcast. However, we're going to be doing some trivia this week. Switch it up instead of doing a bet. Speaking of set bet, uh, Craig did win that bet. Uh, Because he picked Edmonton uh, for the Leafs to score more goals against. He picked eight goals against Edmonton. The Leafs scored seven. So uh, I believe Craig wins the the, kind of the base bet. And Matthews definitely didn't score all the goals um, because he didn't play two of the games. So um, Craig, well done. That's three weeks in a row that Craig has uh, won the bet. So he is uh, firmly in the lead now for uh our bet total which is super exciting might be able to get uh
0: Woo-hoo.
1: you know uh one of those value menu sort of sandwiches and things like that <laughs> <laughs> but we're going to do My some trivia guys. craig's got some questions for dan and i and we are going to figure out which one of us is slightly smarter and or we both are not hockey adept <laughs> individuals <laughs> get take it away craig let's see what you got for us all right so uh Today's trivia.
0: Um, I've got team jersey colors for you. So I've got a list of five different jersey colors, or colors that appear on an NHL, NHL team's jersey or logo. Okay. And if you can tell me what team each of these belong to, I will give you one There's your five dollar bet. Ooh,
2: interesting.
3: But so for everyone you get wrong, you owe me a dollar. All right. Ready for the first one? Yes. So the first color, aviator blue. Oh I'm gonna say
1: Nashville. Um aviator, aviator. Uh Winnipeg. Yes, Winnipeg. Oh, of course it's Winnipeg, yes.
3: Second one. This this one should be easy. Pacific Teal. Oh, yeah. That's San Jose. Yeah, San Jose. Yep. All right. Desert Sand.
2: I don't have mine, actually. Desert Sand. I have mine. Okay. Oh, I got mine. Okay. All right, go ahead. Arizona. Arizona,
3: Yep. Arizona. All right. It's a little bit harder. Victory Green. Okay, I've got mine. I've got mine, too. Dallas. Vancouver. Dallas. Oh, well done, Kyle. All right. Now right. I've got a hard one here for you. Deep Sea Blue. I've got mine. <sighs> okay, I've got mine. Seattle. Leafs. Kyle, it's Seattle.
2: No way, really. Yeah, Woo! the new Kraken, I, one of the colors. Five for five. I wouldn't even thought of that. What up? <laughs> All right.
0: Well done, Kyle. Well done. Five for five. Dan went two for five. I'm going to give you a bonus question. I've got one more for you. Okay. I'll give you $5 if you can get this one right.
3: Is it the same thing? Yeah, same thing. Okay. Forum blue. What's the first word? Forum. F-O-R-U-M. Forum blue. Oh, my God. Um I can just Okay, hold on. Hold on. Buffalo. Um I wasn't going to say Buffalo so don't worry. Um Islanders.
0: That is the purple color that the LA Kings wear. Oh oh Wait, forum tricky. blue <laughs> yeah it's named after the uh, los angeles lakers that was their color so when they came into the league they used the lakers forum blue that's a good one
1: but it's purple
0: oh way to go guys so that was fun
1: that was fun we that should was. do that more often yeah good trivia craig especially if i win
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah kyle likes that part i like
1: that part all right That is it for this week. We did four games this week. That was a lot. Uh, We got at least three games up until Sunday. So maybe we'll do the podcast on Sunday again. Super exciting that the Leafs are on a tear with injuries. We're going to do it. Thank you so much for listening. Follow us on all the social medias. Listen to your podcasts. This podcast, wherever you get podcasts. And go Leafs, go. Go
2: Leafs, go.